Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Good morning, Roxy Soxy. Good morning, Tam Tam. Or should I say good morning after the Oscars? (laughs) I was thinking of you. I'm in Austin, so we don't have any cable where we are. So I'm just just like refreshing to see who is winning. Um, So what did you think of the Oscars this year? And do you think the movies were as great as other years? I have my own thoughts on it, but I want to hear yours first. Okay. So basically, you know, I thought obviously it was a departure from years past. You know, they Mm -hmm. moved the whole thing from the Dolby Theater to Union Station in downtown LA. And of course, like COVID practices were in place. So it was like very socially distanced and only really the presenters and nominees were in attendance. So they didn't have any sort of red carpet press or anything like that. So I like missed you were at my, home. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> home in my PJs. I which actually was kind of nice. You know, yeah, you were like, I get to work and I get to be comfortable. That's yes. interesting. No blisters on the feet. Like it was Love amazing. It. But you know what is so funny? This is the first year that I mm-hmm. did not, I have not seen the nominated films. Interesting. I have okay, for some you- reason. And I accidentally watched the nominated films because it was the only thing that was available to see on like, you know, the latest movies that have, have come out. And maybe uh-huh. that was a, um, a marketing ploy as well. It's like two weeks ago, I saw Nomadland and I was like, this is actually a really good movie. Yeah. But I think this year, because of the pandemic last year, and it's still obviously we having some remnants of it this year as well. Um, I don't think there was as many movies made. So I don't think there was as many competition. So I don't know. Let's- I- personally think that Brad Pitt's man bun won the night. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> Why did we cut my husband's man bun off? That is the, that is the question. Could have been right on trend. <laughs> yeah, that could have been right on trend. Well, going completely departuring from this conversation, which is not about the Oscars um, or anything frivolous like this. Um, you know, on this show, I have spoken to you many times about, you know, the not the fear, but, you know, the worry that I've never been diagnosed with something called ADHD. I've never really spoken about it uh, in length, but I have talked to you on this podcast about it. So I was watching um, uh, an influencer's YouTube channel, and she is actually going more into the um, vlogging where it's really going in depth for her own personal issues, her mental health issues. And she did an episode where she went into this doctor's office and she was testing herself for getting tested for ADHD or ADD. And it was interesting when I watched it back because I thought, oh my goodness, everything that this girl was suffering from were things that I had suffered from. Now, I don't know if I have maybe developed ADHD. And this is what we can talk to him about over the years because of my job and always having to like remember lines and forget them and being on social media consistently and using my screens all the time, which is not great for your brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if it's something that I was born with and is genetic. So I'm actually going to go into his clinic when I get back to Los Angeles, the Los California area. Um, and I'm going to get tested and see, you know, what's going on. So today we have Daniel Amen. Please tell me if I've got that right. <laughs> Psychiatrist. He's a 12-time best-selling author. He's got 12 million, million on his podcast, Brain Warrior. Mm. He's the founder of um, Amon Clinics. So welcome, Daniel. Welcome. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so my first question is, because I'm going to see you in a couple of weeks time. What is, for people who don't know, what are the signs and symptoms for ADHD? So they can be different for girls than for guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think of five hallmark symptoms. Mm-hmm. And the first one is short attention span. And that's why it's called attention deficit disorder. Or they changed the name in 1987. They sort of messed it up. Mm-hmm. They changed it to attention deficit disorder hyperactivity disorder, ADHD. 
but about half the people who have it are never hyperactive. And so that's why it's, is it ADD or ADHD? But it's short attention span, but that symptom actually fools people mm -hmm. because it's not short attention span for everything. Mm -hmm. It's um, short attention span for regular routine, everyday things, the mm -hmm. things that make life work. Mm -hmm. But for things that are new, novel, highly interesting, stimulating, or frightening, people can, with ADD, terrible ADD, can pay attention just mm -hmm. fine. So if they love a teacher, mm -hmm. the teacher won't notice their ADD. But if the teacher is just sort of regular, ordinary, or bad, um, they can't pay attention at all. New love, for example, is a drug. So the first three or four months of a relationship, they're locked in and can pay attention just fine. But as the relationship goes on, their mind begins to wander. Hmm. So short attention span. The second one is they're easily distracted. They see too much, they hear too much, they feel too much. And, you know, in order to pay attention, you sort of have to be able to decrease mm -hmm. the noise going on. When I grew up, I grew up three houses from the freeway in the San Fernando Valley, but I never heard the freeway because my brain just sort of blocked it out. People with ADD can't do that. And so they're always paying attention to extraneous things, things that they don't need to. And as little kids, they hate seams, they hate tags. My first wife had ADD. And after we got married, I went into my closet and she had cut all of the tags out of my shirts. Mm -hmm. And I was sort of offended by it. And I like went into the living room and I'm like, do you know who cut all the tags out of my shirts? And she said, well, I did. I thought you'd be so happy about that <laughs> they bother you and i'm like i've never felt a tag <laughs> in my life but little kids are like always taking their clothes off because the seams on the socks bother them or the tags the third one is they tend to be disorganized especially <laughs> for time so they tend to be late or almost always late because they actually don't start getting ready until they're late, until they get this, oh my God, I'm late, thought in their head, um, and space. And so if you look at their rooms, their desks, their book bags, their filing cabinets, they can be um, a mess. Now they say they're very organized by the file system. Don't organize for them because then they'll never find anything. Um, they tend to procrastinate. Uh, that's number four, or they sort of put things off to the last minute. Um, and five is they can be impulsive. They yeah. say things perhaps they shouldn't say or do things perhaps that weren't helpful. A lot of my ADD patients come into my office and they say, doc, I'm brutally honest. And in my mind, I think, well, that's usually not helpful. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld once said, the brain is a sneaky organ. We all have weird, crazy, stupid, sexual, violent thoughts that nobody should ever hear. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you have ADD often, and we'll see in your brain, you often have sleepy frontal lobes, which means a little bit less activity or blood flow to the front mm -hmm. part of your brain, which is your supervisor. It's the part of your brain that watches you. And, uh, and it can just be so frustrating because you go, why did I do that? And um, can get you sort of into hot water with people you really care about. Wow. Well, that is quite the diagnosis. Um, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like sitting here crying because I realized like, wow, I thought that everyone lived like this. Like I thought everyone was distracted easily and everyone was like, some people were disorganized, some were better than others. I'm sure Roxy's better than me. But like, I thought that walking into a kitchen, my husband can't understand, I walk into a kitchen 
And the fact that there's so much on the table, I like, I start to panic. Like I can't, I get paralyzed. Like I don't know what to do. And like, he'll have a conversation with me and like, I'll start, if it's really interesting, I'll be able to listen. But if it's starts to like, he's a little long winded, I do love him. Um, but if it starts to get long winded, I will start thinking, I will just can't stay with the conversation. I thought everyone was like that. Yeah. About 10% of Hmm. the population is like that. Now, People with ADD are often amazing. Has nothing to do with IT. Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> often leaders of organizations, they're often very creative artists. Actually, if you have a little bit sleepy frontal lobes, you you see the world differently than other people, which is actually where creativity comes with. And so the only reason to treat it is if it's sort of getting in your way. And I have so many success stories of Mm -hmm. how one of my favorite ones is this guy I saw who was a trucker. And I went into my waiting room to get him, to bring him back to my office. And I was watching him draw this literally amazing, intricate piece of art. I'm like, wow. I'm like, you're so talented. He said, but I can't make a living at it because I can never finish it on time for people. And after I diagnosed him and treated him, he got a job at Disney making over $100,000 a year. He was just so Mm. grateful because a lot of people go, oh, no, I don't want to treat it because I don't want to lose my creativity. Mm. Except when you treat it, you become more creative because you finish things. And you're better at follow through. I mean, it's such an interesting uh, conversation. And both of my wives, Tana, who I do our podcast with, mm-hmm. has ADD. I don't know. I just love women with ADD. I don't know what's going <laughs> on. Um, but, um, you know, they can be just incredibly creative and spontaneous mm-hmm. and fun. But, um, my wife never met a rapper she ever wanted to throw away or a cabinet she actually ever wanted to close. So I have this beautiful white German shepherd. She taught the dog to close the cabinets. <laughs> That's yeah. fun. Wow. Roxy, do you suffer from that? You know what? I I feel like it's used a lot because maybe a lot of people don't understand the exact definition yes. of it, right? And some people might think, oh, you know, I can't focus a lot. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I have it. Or, like, if the, you know, the misdiagnosed, like, hyperactivity sort of component, you know, same as that. But I think, you know, my mind definitely wanders, like, mm-hmm. if I become distant. Well, so maybe that's the question then. Like, if you become disinterested, like Tamman was saying, like in a long-winded conversation or, you know, you feel like you can't focus. I mean, is that ADD also, or is that just, you know, you're, you're losing interest in something? Mm-hmm. Well, it could be that they're bored. Mm. I, I mean, that's possible. And technology has dramatically increased the expression of ADD. Hmm. Uh, the human attention span online 20 years ago was not long. It was 20 seconds. Mm. Now it's eight seconds because Mm. as you outsource your memory and you're always being pinged by this thing Mm. that was created to be addictive. Anyone who says that's not true is just Mm. lying about Mm. it. They took neuroscientists and said, how do I hook people with this? <gasps> so where wow. food companies want stomach share, mm-hmm. companies like Google and Facebook and Microsoft, they want mind share. And they're stealing our attention span. And so, Tamman, the question would be, and for the people who are listening, is ADD is not something you develop when you're 25. It's something you have your whole life and you come from people who have it. So you can either see it in your mom or your dad or your grandpa. Um, And typically teachers 
started noticing it. Um, now, the brighter you are, the later they notice it. Mm-hmm. But they say things like, oh, she'd just do so well if she could pay attention or she's easily distracted or she's the class clown and always interrupting uh, with something fun or funny mm-hmm. say. And you begin to see the trail. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes when it just pops up when someone's 17, they're smoking pot. Uh, mm-hmm. I know everybody thinks marijuana is innocuous, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, or they had a head injury playing soccer or they were in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the most common causes of people who think they have adult ADD, but didn't have it when they were seven, 10, 12, so on. So how about for you, Tamman? Tell us about what elementary school was like for you. So I was a child actor very early on in my life because I was a child actor. So I was on set at 14 years old. So I think that it was masked for so many years because I was just meant to learn scripts, act, and then I I had to keep, it's kind of like perfect for ADD, learn a scene, do the scene, learn the next scene. So no one really picked up on it. I was kind of at my parents' house still, but I moved into my own house that I bought at 18 years old. And it wasn't affecting me like it is now as I get older. Now I find it hard to be in the moment with my kids because I'm thinking of something else or read a script. And it's starting to affect my daily life and giving me anxiety because I'm not able to concentrate to the level that I want to concentrate. And there's a lot of shame that's kind of coupled in with that too. My dad was in marketing. My mom worked with him. She's an avid reader. I never saw them jump sentences like I do. But it's interesting that you said that maybe it's, you can see it in, you know, your family. I didn't see it in my, you know, immediate family, but I'm also, but I am seeing it in my kid. My kid is doing the things that I do, which is the class clown, not being able to pay attention. She's incredibly like very creative, um, which is like her parents, you know, but my husband's creative and he doesn't have the same issues as I do. So I'm, I'm really not sure. That's why I was asking, is it hereditary or is it something you can develop or maybe you've always had it, but it gets worse because of the environment that you're in. And fame makes it worse. Um, In my book, I talk about uh, the things that steal dopamine. And dopamine is the neurotransmitter Mm -hmm. that is less effective in ADD. And the medications or the supplements we use to treat ADD increase dopamine. Mm -hmm. And the problem with fame is it wears out the dopamine centers Mm -hmm. in your brain when Mm -hmm. something really great happens, when you get noticed, when you sign a contract, when you're signing autographs, it's releasing too much dopamine, (laughs) which actually begins to wear out your pleasure centers. And then you need to do something just to feel normal, just Mm -hmm. to feel any good at all, which is why so many young actors and singers and um, celebrities have drug abuse problems because Mm -hmm. they're trying to feel normal. And um, in my new book, Your Brain is Always Listening, Mm -hmm. I talk about, um, there's actually a new 12-step program in there. Um, The 12-step program for addictions was developed 85 years ago, and there's no neuroscience. And I'm a fan, I've sent thousands of people to 12-step programs, but I'm like, we could do better. Let's put a little neuroscience to this. And there's one step on, well, let's drip dopamine, stop dumping dopamine. So if you do a concert um, that dumps dopamine, and then, oh, by the way, you don't get to sleep till three o'clock in the morning because your your body's so jazzed up Mm -hmm. that your brain health habits are completely trashed. Uh, So we want to actually rebuild those pleasure centers. Mm -hmm. Now that you have kids, those habits to do that 
are great for you, but they're also great for the kids. You know, we're sort of coming out of this <clears throat> time right now, which we you know we've all been under this lockdown and it's like sort of coming out of this post pandemic. And I know a lot of people are experiencing anxiety and depression and like sort of all the things that we've been in AD, you know, ADD and everything like throughout this whole time. And we're sort of expected to now kind of reemerge into society, you know, and like make the jump back in, but like from a, like a brain health and like a mental health standpoint, like what, how, what is like the best way to do that? You know, to kind of like go back into, you know, what is hopefully going to be normal life soon. So on May 15th, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but Mm. I'm going to do a 30 day happiness challenge. Mm. Americans are the unhappiest they've been in my lifetime. Mm. So not since World War II Mm. have we had the level of depression and suicide and anxiety disorders. Mm. And now with pharmaceutical industry success, Mm. more people are taking drugs, uh, prescribed drugs than Mm. ever before in human history. Mm. And I'm like, okay, there's a better way to Mm. do this. Mm. And the, the first thing, is to make sure you're engaging in regular brain healthy habits. Mm-hmm. You, you know, happiness is really unique to your own brain. Mm-hmm. And ADD brains, happy things are way different than an OCD person's mm-hmm. brains, happy things, right? The OCD person, I call them the persistent people, they love routine. Routine just settles them. And they love it. The ADD person bores them to tears. <laughs> Hate <new>. routine. Exciting. <laughs> it's like, you know, let's. It's not fun it. at all. <laughs> right. So you have to know your brain type. Mm. But then the food you eat really does matter. The thoughts you allow in your head really mm. matters. And, uh, I have a term I use called ants that we're just infested as a society with automatic negative thoughts. The thoughts that just come into your mind automatically and ruin your day. And what I teach my patients, and I didn't know this till I was 28 and a psychiatric resident Mm. that, oh, by the way, I don't have to believe every stupid thing I think Mm. and that I can direct my mind to help me or hurt me. Mm-hmm. that I have a choice. And many people who have ADD, and Tam, and I'd be interested uh, to know this about you, um, is they actually use negativity as a stimulant. That oh my re- God. They really <laughs> are hard on themselves and they can be hard on other people because when you have a nice thought, oh, she's just such a kind, sweet person, it's awesome produces a little bit of oxytocin and serotonin, but there's no dopamine in that. But when you go, he's an awful human being, or Mm. you are awful, there's some dopamine Mm. going. My husband says to me that when everything is calm and everything, he says this in our arguments, he says, it's almost like you're fighting with me because you need some kind of rush or to feel something. And I was like, and then I get angry about that. I say, well, what, what are you trying to say? Like, of course I'm not, I'm angry because of this, <laughs> but ev- we only fight when there's been too many days of good. Wow. Mm. And so what moms often tell me is with their kids, if we have a good morning at home, mm. that's a bad day at school. But if we have a bad morning at he has a good day at school. Mm. It's just what you're saying, mm. that you use negativity and conflict as a stimulant unconsciously. I'm certain it's mm-hmm. unconscious. You don't know you're doing it. But in my book, Healing ADD, um, which I'll send you or I'll give it to you when you come see me. Um, and the book starts with, I know you're not going to read this book. <laughs> it's hard to read the whole thing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Audiobooks are good when you're hiking. Yes. 
but it's there's a chapter in the in healing ADD called the games ADD people play, and the first game they play is let's have a problem because mm-hmm. that's where the juice is. That's where the adrenaline, the dopamine, the stimulation is. And I remember one woman. Uh, in fact, I tell this story in healing ADD that I can't believe a little yellow pill, which for her was Ritalin took me from someone who was screaming at my children to then looking at them going, aren't they sweet? (laughs) Wow. The more you're talking about this, especially with the negative thoughts. She's like, like, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Self-diagnosis. Exactly. Exactly. And it's so funny because lately we've been talking about this on our podcast is how these negative like Thoughts from your brain affect your physical health. And I can even tell you, like, over the last week, these negative thoughts have literally made my stomach sick, you know, and, like, given me back pain. And, like, it's just, like, it just does not seem, you know, it, it's just, it, it it's so bad for me to, like, internalize these in that way and let them affect me. So how do we stop that? Like, how do we stop these negative thoughts from, like, making us sick, literally, you know? So, like, you have to eat well mm-hmm. on a consistent basis in order to have a healthy mm-hmm. body. You have to practice mm-hmm. managing your mind on a regular basis, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. can't be 50 pounds overweight on Monday, mm-hmm. have a salad and expect to be trim on Friday. Mm-hmm. No, you have to work at it. And I collect anteaters, anteaters. Interesting <laughs> collection. <laughs> Interesting item to collect. Let's yes. put it that way. So here's the exercise. Whenever you feel sad or mad mm-hmm. or nervous or out of control, write down what you're thinking. Because the act of writing actually helps to get the thought out of your head. Mm-hmm. And then question it. So, for example, if you have the thought, my wife never listens to me. I've had that thought. Um, (laughs) I write it down. And then I have five simple questions. I actually stole these from my friend Byron Katie, but they're amazing. Mm. Is it true? And I'm like, well, no. I've written 15 public television specials on the brain, and she's listened to all of them. (laughs) Uh, Maybe she's just not listening to me today. Second question, is it absolutely true? With 100% certainty, she never listens to me. No, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Third question is, how do I feel when I believe the thought? I feel sad. I feel lonely. I feel mm-hmm. disconnected from her. And I'm angry because I'm a good husband. <laughs> um, fourth question, who would I? So, so what three teaches you is it's your thoughts that create your feelings Feelings then create behaviors. So if you really want to feel better and act better, you have to control the ants. You don't want to let the infestation stick around. Mm -hmm. The fourth question is, how would I feel without the thought? Well, I'd feel happy and be a good husband. Mm -hmm. But the fifth question is the most important, and it's the most interesting. And if you do this a hundred times, you actually go to the fifth question automatically. Mm-hmm. Fifth question is take the original thought that's bothering you. My wife never listens to me and turn it to the opposite, which could be my wife does listen to me. Mm-hmm. Never go to the narcissistic mm-hmm. opposite where she always listens to mm-hmm. me. That's ridiculous. Nobody does that. Or it could go to I never listened to her. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> So as soon as you have a thought, question it, carry those three little words around with you everywhere. Is it true? Um, And then just go to the opposite. Uh, It's just so helpful. Another technique I give my patients is give your mind a name. And it's based on a concept called psychological distancing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't have to attach to it. Your thoughts come from all sorts of places. Some of them are written in your genes based on what mm-hmm. your mom, dad, mm-hmm. grandparents thought and experienced. We know, for example, great grandchildren of people who are in the Holocaust mm-hmm. have a higher incidence of PTSD, anxiety, and depression. I mean, some of that trauma got written into their genes. 
they come from what your mother and dad said when you were a child. They come from siblings. They come from friends. They come from the news. They mm. And thoughts lie all the time. Some of them are helpful. Some of them are hurtful. And so when you learn to manage your mind, your level of happiness goes way up. As part of the happiness challenge, we're going to talk a lot about killing the ants. Mm. So what happens if you do have ADHD? And what we were just talking about is happy thoughts don't give you that dopamine and that adrenaline rush. If you're telling yourself that everything's great and you're doing those affirmations, doesn't that automatically then not give you as much dopamine as let's say an argument? So like how do people with ADHD get that dopamine that they get from things like arguments or drugs? I've never taken drugs, but I find myself wanting, I drink two drinks a week, but my anxiety and my ADHD sometimes flare and I want to have a drink because it calms my brain down, gives me a little bit of dopamine, makes me feel uh, comfortable within my own skin. I'm a very nice person when I've had a glass of wine, but when that wine wears off, my dopamine starts to come down and I start to get more aggressive. I notice that even the little bits of wine that I use to try to like regulate myself. So what do you do with someone who's suffering from ADHD? What are, what are the methods that they can take? And also is it, does it have to be Ritalin? Can it be natural? Sub, do you use supplements? How do you help people who are suffering from ADHD? So it doesn't have to be a stimulant. Because um, coffee is great for me, but gives me anxiety. Yeah. And coffee is not a great treatment for ADD um, because coffee, actually caffeine, constricts blood flow mm -hmm. to the brain and ramps up your anxiety. So exercise. Is See? Yeah. That's my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, if my wife didn't exercise, she would be depressed. So yeah. exercise is really important. Omega-3 fatty acids, especially mm -hmm. EPA. People don't know that. People go, oh, yeah, I take omega-3s. But they may be taking high DHA, which is better for anxiety and memory. But EPA has been shown to be helpful for mood and anxiety. I make something called focus and energy that mm -hmm. has ashwagandha, ginseng, rhodiola, and choline, all things to support dopamine mm -hmm. and attention span while also calming you. Theanine mm. from green tea, really good. Helps calm anxiety. L-theanine? L-theanine. That has been, that is the one supplement that has changed my anxiety. I don't have panic attacks because I'm on L-theanine. How much do you take? Oh, man. They're little chewables called sun theanine. I take about four a day. I can check what the dosage is of that. But um, but when I feel anxious, my child also takes half every now and then. It's been wonderful for our family. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of it. Also, meditation, especially a kundalini yoga form of meditation called kirtan kriya. It's a singing meditation and it's beautiful i guess it depends on your voice uh, <laughs> but it's basically sa ta na ma sa ta na ma sa ta na ma 12 minutes has been shown to increase blood flow to your frontal lobes actually strengthen your blood flow so if you're thinking mm -hmm. exercise on a regular basis the right nutritional supplements meditation hypnosis is also really powerful. It's like, well, and change your diet, right? Your diet really does matter. I, I want all of my patients to basically be gluten, dairy, corn, soy, sugar, artificial crap free, uh, mm -hmm. because those things don't really serve your brain. Mm -hmm. um, you get your, they did a study out of uh, Holland mm -hmm. and they took 300 ADHD children, put them on an elimination diet they fed them vegetables fruit lamb turkey rice pear juice that was it three months later 72 percent of the kids did not have add mm. so did they have add or was it their diets that was poisoning mm. them so if you think of diet supplementation the right mental habits because no yes being sweet 
in your family may not give you the rush, but it gives you what you want. Of course. Close mm-hmm. relationship with your husband and kids. And so if you can supervise yourself to go, all right, am I going after dopamine at mm-hmm. the expense mm-hmm. of wearing out my husband? You don't want that. That doesn't anywhere fit the goals you have. And so for, for all of my patients, but especially my ADD patients, we do an exercise called the one page miracle on one piece of paper. I want you to write down. What do you want? Relationships, work, money, physical, emotional, spiritual health. What do you want? So for example, with Tana, uh, I want a kind, caring, loving, supportive, passionate relationship. I always want that. I don't always feel like that. I get these rude thoughts in my head. (laughs) Generally, I choose not to say them because it's not going to get me what I want. And so we talked about, is it true? Another three words I love, does it fit? Does it fit the goals I have? for my relationships. And one thing with ADD moms is they do way too much for their kids because they're not patient and they're like, oh, I'll just do it. Mm. And that's bad, bad, bad. Uh, I love a parenting program called Parenting with Love and Logic, Mm -hmm. where it actually teaches kids to pay consequences when the cost of misbehavior is cheap. Right. If you don't do this until they're teenagers or young adults, the cost of misbehavior is very expensive. And uh, it's like, look, I don't do things for people who aren't nice to me Mm -hmm. or it's so important for kids to have chores, especially kids of famous people, because they can grow up with a sense of entitlement because the parents were working so much. They feel so guilty. They want the kids to have everything. And that's a prescription for raising unhappy children that feel entitled. And so um, doing the right things, but parenting that way requires attention and a lack of impulsivity. Because when you follow through, you give them a consequence. You want to make sure you have the patience Mm -hmm. to follow through. Does that make sense? Yes. So oh much God. so. Actually, I feel, with homeschooling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With homeschooling. And oh my God, the whole time I thought I was a helicopter mom because that's what happens. I see my daughter, you know, trying to do something, a task, and I get impatient and I'm like trying to get it done. I'm like, we could, you know, time is running out. Like we need to get this done. And so like, I get like, what is the, I mean, can you be a helicopter mom and not have, or a helicopter parent and not have? ADHD or is that always together? Or you could just be worse. But Mm -hmm. I'll give you a love and logic strategy Mm -hmm. that my wife did with my daughter. And they used to fight over homework. And I'm a child psychiatrist. I used to look at her and go, you've done second grade. This is (laughs) what we need to do. And, you know, but her anxiety would cause her and they would fight about it. And then she got the love and logic tapes. And she announced to Chloe one night, she said, Chloe, I've done second grade. Uh, I'm never again going to ask you to do your homework. And if you're okay with the consequences of not doing it, like mm-hmm. having to stay in at recess or having the teacher mad at you, um, that's on you. And if you really don't do it, well, you're a really nice child. When you have to repeat second grade, you'll make new friends. Boy, that was the moment. Chloe said, I never said I wasn't going to do it. I'm just not going to do it now. She stormed off. 20 minutes later, she came back. She's graduating from high school in about a month with a 4.2. Just got into TCU in Fort Worth. I'm so proud of her because Chloe owns her life. Mm. She doesn't really need her mom, which is a whole different issue between her and her mom, (laughs) right? But that's what you want as a parent. You want people who are in charge of their own lives. Mm -hmm. Ownership and accountability for sure. But it's hard to teach 
kids these days now because we've been through this whole, you know, sort of homeschooling thing and we're living distantly from one another. So like, you know, with this sort of like new world we've been in, like what are some tips to kind of get to get these kids back on the right track? Right. You know, one, we can't let the pandemic be an excuse. Every generation goes through hard times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I love what C.S. Lewis wrote in 1948. So C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite authors, he wrote Chronicles of Narnia, mm -hmm. uh, Screwtape Letters, my favorite book, The Great Divorce. And he's like, and he was writing about the atomic bomb, but you could just replace it with COVID-19, <laughs> which is, why is everybody so upset? Because the scientists have figured out yet another way to kill us when you are already condemned to death. And mm -hmm. oh, by the way, you could have lived in London in the 16th century when the plague visited every year. Or you could have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia could land and slit your throat any night. It's like, if the bomb comes, let it find us doing sensible and human things. People aren't talking enough about the benefits of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Eight out of 10 families. Yeah. We are uh, so close. We mm -hmm. had three generations of two-parent working families, and that has strained the bond between parents and children because mm -hmm. women are tired. And, and you know, pe people take that the wrong way. It's not how mm -hmm. I mean it. I'm just a child psychiatrist and say what I think, that parents need time with their children. And because of the pandemic, they've gotten a lot more time. And quite frankly, I'm a huge fan of homeschooling mm -hmm. because parents are actually supervising what the kids are learning. And as long as the parents aren't drinking too much or too stressed out themselves, I know a lot of them have been, mm -hmm. um, this has been a historically positive time mm -hmm. for children because they're closer to their moms and dads. I find the homeschooling has been hard on our family because my husband and I both work um, and we're in the creative fields. My husband's, you know, getting ready to direct a movie. And so he's been on a lot of Zooms and, you know, I'm also doing my business. So when you say supervising, we're supervising her, but we haven't had the time to sit down because we have homework through two. It takes us two to three hours at night for her to do her homework because she doesn't want to do it. I, f I feel like the pandemic has been hard because a lot of parents, I mean, for me and maybe you, Roxy, because a lot of mm. parents have been both working at home at the same time and then also had their kids at home trying to get them up to speed. And I worry that we have lost some education, right? Yeah, we're not natural teachers, a lot of us, you know, <laughs> so it's like, it's so frustrating when you're sitting there, you know, doing like the math problem for like the 10th. I don't grade. even understand like, it. Yeah. It's first grade. I'm like, what do you mean a 10 is a line? Like, I don't understand. Yes, it's so confusing. <laughs> Which is great for you to teach them to ask questions mm -hmm. of the teacher when they don't understand. And that's where we have to put it back on the educational system. Mm -hmm. It's like, help me. Mm -hmm. And I always tell my kids, you know, it's the smartest person who asks for help, not the dumbest person. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when those things are happening, I'm, I'm not a fan of kids doing two or three hours of homework. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To me, that's a sign that something's the matter. Mm -hmm. Emma, what grade is your daughter in? First grade. Yeah, that sounds insane to me. Because she doesn't want to do be. the work. The problem isn't, this, this is what's hard. I don't know if she knows it and she's playing me or if she doesn't know it. Because there'll be days where she can't say one of the spelling words and then other days where she'll rattle them off like it's a, it's a ingredient list. Like it's, so I'm not sure what's happening. What and I'm. Say. She's drawing pictures. <laughs> Maybe like mama and she's very creative. But, but again, it's over Zoom. You know, my, my daughter is extremely um, social. Mm -hmm. She loves to be around kids. Um, so for her to see them through a computer screen, I think might be affecting her way um, to learn. 
How did she do? Was she in the pandemic for both kindergarten? Yes, end of kindergarten and uh, all of first grade. Yeah. Um, And the beginning of kindergarten, how did she do? She was great. The only note was um, she needs to concentrate (laughs) and stop drawing pictures. (laughs) When's her birthday? Uh, She's a Libra. She's October 8th. So she started kindergarten when she was five? Yes. Five in a couple of months? Yes. Okay. Because, you know, for everybody listening... If you have a choice, start them later than early. Mm, oh, really? Because, Bryce, the youngest. Yeah, like I'm born yeah. in July, yeah. which means I just turned five and started kindergarten, which means the person who was born in May had 10 months on me, um, which at that time meant he's like almost 20% older than I am. And that's I'm, exactly what I'm, I'm facing right now. Yeah. Smaller than everyone. And I felt that, but then I was younger than everyone and felt that too. My wife, whose birthday's in December for some unknown reason, started kindergarten when she was four. I mean, if you hate your children, do that. (laughs) (laughs) So behind, Uh, so age matters uh, as well. Oh, I'm so looking forward to meeting you. I'm so excited. I don't think you understand. I feel like this is the first time I've felt seen in my entire life. Like I've always thought something was up. Like I was just a little strange, you know, like it was like, why do I think like this? Why don't I think like other people? Why, you know, Roxy's so organized and like even doing the podcast with her, I'm like, she just always has her notes in on time and she just always has. And I'm like scrambling to the last second before I have to do something else. Like, why, why am I not like the others? <laughs> and not in a positive, not in a good way, you know, I'm sure. Yes. Let's think of a good way. Yes. There's, I'm sure there's great attributes as well, but, but why do I struggle with these things that aren't that difficult? Why do I go to the grocery store and I can hear everyone talking to me? Um, sometimes you'll see in a movie, not talking to me, just talking. Are you seeing a movie where they'll show like someone, you know, who's like discovered something terrible and the movie will slow down and everything will warp really slow and you can hear all the sounds too loud. I feel like that is a daily existence for me. Mm. I walk down the street and I can, why is the wind so loud? And why, why is that dog barking over there? And I'm looking at my coffee and then the coffee's too hot for it. I just thought everyone was, was everyone's brain was constantly on fire. I thought that was normal. Is that a sensory, is that a sensory kind of a thing too? Like what you're describing, like with the light sounds, Can't you know, light too, too bright. Yeah. Too real. bright and stuff like that. Is that sensory also? Very common. Now, not everybody with ADD has it. Uh. In the book, I actually talk about seven different types of ADD. So there's classic hyperactive, restless, impulsive, can't concentrate. There's an attentive ADD where they're really not very impulsive or hyperactive, uh, but can't concentrate, easily distracted. There's over-focused ADD, worried, rigid, inflexible, plus the ADD stuff. Often have parents or grandparents who are alcoholics. Mm. There's temporal lobe ADD where one or both of their temporal lobes got hurt where they often can have reading problems or reading social cue problems, um, limbic ADD, where that's sort of ADD plus depression, anxious ADD, um, where they're anxious and inattentive, or this pattern uh, I call the ring of fire. You just said you felt like your brain was on fire, where the brain works way too hard, and you just notice everything. Everything. And calming that down can just be so helpful. Mm-hmm. And as, as long, see, whatever we see on your scan, Tamman, is good news because you have what you have. If we can uncover it mm-hmm. and then work to optimize it, right? You don't need to be fixed. You're already mm-hmm. uh, amazing. It's just, well, can we tune it better? Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you think whatever your favorite car is, uh, it's like, well, it has a great engine and maybe it's just not tuned right. And so you just have to balance it a little bit better so you can 
stay connected and do the work you want to do. Roxy, will you go in too, please? Yes, I need to. You come in with me, please, Roxy. It's time. You need to scan your brain. I don't think your brain is as messed up as mine. But no, no, there's something definitely going on because all the things he's been describing, I'm like, check, uh, check, check. (laughs) So we should do a two for one. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say that I don't think you have ADHD, but knowing you for as long as I have, the the obvious traits of ADHD you don't exhibit. No, but you know what, though? But the negative, like these negative thoughts, losing concentration mm-hmm. um, pretty easily. I mean, I don't think I have any sort of like hyperactivity, but like even some of the sensory stuff, like I get so now maybe this is just I'm annoyed with my husband, but <laughs> we get in the car sometimes and he always has the music automatically turned up like super loud. And it's literally like the first thing when I get in, I'm like, just turn it down, you know, like turn it off. Or like mm-hmm. if the light in the living room, we have this one light in our living room that's so bright and like just obnoxious. And I'm like, oh my God, that I can't have that light on when I'm in that mm-hmm. room. Like, mm-hmm. it's like weird little things like that. So I don't know if that cumulatively kind of like mm-hmm. puts me in that picture. I mean, I probably- Maybe a little- Maybe a little. I think we have to scan your brain. I know. We have to go in for a brain scan. <laughs> maybe a little OCD too. I mean, maybe a little bit of. I mean, I'm sure like over the years we've all, I don't know, got something. Right? But, um, something. but, you know, I just want to know what it's like to read a book. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever, I mean, I've probably read a few books if they were really incredible from start to finish. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was normal to open a book and just go to the parts you think are the best parts. Like if I had a health book, I can't read the I would never start. You know, when they do the introduction, I would. Uh, it gives me anxiety even thinking about reading an introduction. I'm like, why am I reading something before I even have to read the first chapter? So if it's a health book, I would just jump to the sections that I think would help me. I wouldn't be able to read the whole the whole page. And I thought that was normal. I thought that's what everyone did. So that reminds me of a story. Mm. Uh, I saw this kid and then I saw his dad and then I saw his grandmother Mm. and then I saw his great grandmother. She's 94. And I'm like, why are you here? (laughs) I want to finish the paper. Uh, He said, I've never been um, able to finish the paper. And uh, she said, you've been so helpful to my family. Mm -hmm. And she had terrible ADD, had it her whole life. And when she came back a month later for her first follow-up, she'd actually read her first book. Wow. Wow. So is the re- because a lot of people are going to listen to this episode and they're going to wonder, <clears throat> do I have a, a you know ADD? Do I have like, you know, these conditions, or do I simply lose interest sometimes? And would you say the difference is, is that you it interferes with your life so much that it is then like ADD? Or how would people at home listening to this just say, okay, I might just, you know, forget things or I might not, you know, listen all the time or that kind of a thing versus like having an actual, you know, condition? Does well, that- I mean, we all have ADD moments, especially, mm-hmm. you know, we have a society though that set us up to have mm-hmm. more ADD with gadgets and bad food and news that is really not the news it's about people scared and mm-hmm. um i think do you have these symptoms have you had them a long time and are they interfering with your life mm-hmm. either your relationships your work your money the law for some people the incidence of add in prison is really high Mm. Um, and, uh, and if it's interfering with your life, getting help isn't a sign of weakness. Mm. And that's why I wrote a book called the end of mental illness. I hate the term mental illness. It shames people. It's stigmatizing and it's wrong. These are brain health issues that steal people's minds. Mm. You know, as Tamman comes in, we'll work to optimize the physical functioning of your brain and then yes to program it so you don't believe every stupid thing you think Mm -hmm. but it starts with the foundation of brain health and Mm -hmm. it just it changes everything Mm -hmm. in such a good way and as you model that life it helps your babies which Mm -hmm. then 
helps your grandbabies because when your daughter was born, when both of you were born, you're actually born with all of the eggs in your ovaries you'll ever have. And throughout your life, your habits are either turning on or off certain genes mm. to make illness more or less likely, yes, in you, but in your children and your grandchildren. Mm. It's just so important, which is why you know, we have to do the right things for ourselves and then for our kids as well. I'm so glad we're finally talking about ADD or ADHD. Not sure exactly what the difference is. Um, because like Roxy said in the beginning of this podcast, the term is thrown around frivolously. <laughs> um, and I've heard it my whole life. Oh, she can't, she can't read a book. She has ADD. Oh, she can't, she can't pay attention to the movie. She has ADD. You know, it doesn't have the stigma like a schizophrenia or a bipolar does, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, if, if someone said, I have ADHD, they'd go, or ADD, they'd go, oh, you just can't think properly. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't have that stigma. And because it doesn't have that stigma, I think, I don't know, it feels like we don't study it as much and we don't talk about it as much. So there's so many people suffering who don't know what the issue is. I'm so grateful that you're here and you're um, giving us tips and tools and ways to like help people who are really suffering because I know that this podcast has changed my life. I know that because I'm like, wow, there is no way I'm going to see you and you're not going to say, this is what we need to deal with and this is how we can help you mm -hmm. and it's going to change my life. It's going to change my relationships. It's going to change me as an actor. It's going to change the way I see the world because I'm not going to be in this echo chamber all the time and it's going to be incredible. So, um, what you've done for me on the show, I'm sure you've done for many other people. So I'm super appreciative. You know, let me say one more thing before mm -hmm. we have to stop is P is the medications for ADD have gotten a bad rap <laughs> and it's all, all like I've drug my kids yet. If they had diabetes, you would totally give them insulin. Mm -hmm. where they had cancer chemotherapy, mm -hmm. undiagnosed, untreated ADD has a lot of bad consequences. And as we talk, you know, the first thing I'm going to suggest to you is not going to be Adderall or Ritalin. Mm -hmm. But if we need them, absolutely use them. Mm -hmm. um, it's unfair to not treat ADD. Uh, you know, I often say people have ADD are like people who need glasses. You know, people who need glasses aren't dumb, crazy, or stupid. Mm -hmm. Their eyeballs are shaped funny and glasses help them focus. Mm -hmm. But ADD aren't dumb, crazy, or stupid. They're frontal lobes or sleepy. Now, we'll try to do the treatment as naturally as possible. But if a little bit of Ritalin or Adderall is helpful so you can focus and memorize things and have a more rational discussion with your husband. Well, why not? Mm -hmm. I mean, they've actually mm -hmm. been around longer than almost any of the other medications. And when used responsibly, mm -hmm. you, you know, my daughter, um, who's now going to, she's 38. Um, I used to think she wasn't that smart and, and I'm horrified by having <laughs> that but I had to teach her the, her times tables over and over. And it's like fifth grade. She still has some more <laughs> her times tables. And I had her tested. And, you know, the doctor basically you didn't have a heart It's like you expect too much from her. She said, but she's going to be okay because she works so hard. But in 10th grade, she completely fell apart because she was staying up every night till one or two o'clock in the morning to get her homework done. And she came to me crying one night. Now, mind you, I'm a child psychiatrist, mm -hmm. but she was never hyperactive. And when I scanned her, she totally had the ADD brain. I scanned her the next night on a little bit of Ritalin. She literally went from B's and C's working her brains out to straight A's for the next 10 years. And she got into the University of Edinburgh's veterinarian school, one of the best veterinarian schools in the world, mm -hmm. because... I activated her frontal lobes. So, you know, people just automatically dismiss medication. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 
why wouldn't you use all the tools? Yeah. Toolbox? Start naturally. But if it's not getting us where we want to go, medication is often worth it. Or you go to the wrong medication. So you're misdiagnosed. It's not for ADHD and they think it's depression or anxiety. My friend's brother was on depression uh, medication for 10 years. He felt terrible. He was like a zombie, got off that, got diagnosed for ADHD, is taking a small amount of Ritalin. He says he's the happiest person he's ever been. He has no depression. He can concentrate. His life has completely changed because he was misdiagnosed for something that wasn't the issue. All the time. And especially in women, mm. because when you have untreated ADD, you get depressed mm-hmm. because you try and it doesn't work. And then you try and it doesn't work. And there's conflict with your kids or there's conflict with your husband. You go to the family doc and of course they won't look at your brain. Why would you want to do that? They put you on Lexapro or Prozac um, or Selexa or Zoloft and they actually make your ADD worse, but they also decrease your anxiety. So you don't care your ADD is worse, which can completely blow up your relationships. The wrong medication can ruin people's lives. Wow. So what is, like, if um, we have, like, the Ritalin and the um, all the other medications, are there also some natural alternatives for treating ADD? Like natural supplements or, you know, exercises or what What do you recommend? We talked about some of them earlier from exercise to mm-hmm. omega fatty acids to things like focus and energy theamine mm-hmm. and that's generally where i like to start mm-hmm. and you know i always believe first do no harm mm-hmm. what we do that's unique at amen clinics is we think we should actually look at your brain mm-hmm. before we go messing with it and mm-hmm. so Tamman, as we look at your brain based on our conversation i mean i'm like well i think it's going to be like this well, why wouldn't I look at it to know if it's like this mm-hmm. and to have a better sense, you're more likely to respond to this or that. Plus, when you see or scan, you develop something I call brain envy. You're going to want a better brain. Mm. Freud was wrong. Penis envy is just not the cause. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. That was my problem this whole time. Yeah. I have I've always had that. 40 years of being a shrink. It's like, no, I want you to care and love your brain because when you care and love your brain, everything in your life is better. Can you tell the last question before we let you go? How can you tell what type of ADHD you have from your brain scan? Or is that just something that we figure out by talking through? Well, it'll be both, but I develop the types from the scans. Mm. Right. Because you mentioned all of them. And I was like, oh, yeah, that one. Yep. I have that one too. The impulsive. <laughs> like, check, I have the check. fire one. Check that. I have that one. The can't finish the scent. Yep. Can, so it's all of them. Can you have all of them? <laughs> well, if. <you laughs> it's like, well, one, I've never seen it before, but. <laughs> if you have one, it automatically means you don't have two. Because two is inattentive ADD without the hyperactivity. Oh, gosh. Um, but yeah, it's common to yeah. have. Three or four. There's 33 combinations of them. And uh, well, my husband thanks you from the bottom of his heart. <laughs> yes. um, we've been together for 15 years. He thought that he was long-winded, which he is a little, but um, <laughs> other people can listen. <laughs> I, I always say I have a short attention span and he's long-winded. Like what a match made in heaven. <laughs> Lord. But um Thank you so much. Right, Rox? Thank you. We're so excited to have you, Dr. Eamon. And I think I will also be making a point that we'll put it together. I'll like turn up and I'll be like, Roxy, why are you behind me? Like, why did you fall I'm like jumping in the brain scan with you. I'm like, she's like, no, 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 check my brain too. (laughs) I think you've got a little something, but I don't think it's There's something. I think there's something brewing in there. I think I'm pretty sure. It's a little something, something. I think mine's messed up. (laughs) Sean always says to me, like, what if they go in there and they go, what? There's no brain. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you're nice. You're really nice. You're like, thanks, sweetheart. Thanks. (laughs) You know, I used to, when I went to school, you were talking about school. I used to, um, I have a photographic memory. So I used to learn my essays off by heart through colors. And I thought everyone did that. Um, so I would get really good grades, um, A's, A minuses, or not A pluses, but A's, because I would literally learn my entire essay and write it out. Now, I don't know 
what the case would have been if I had to just go in and do it, you know, without having that skill. Mm. So that should have been the first telltale sign. I know it's like a figure out how you learn. Mm. I learned through colors and shapes, just like my daughter. He gave us so much to think about with our kids too. I know. Absolutely. My my daughter, you know, is a July birthday and she's the youngest in the class. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, oh my God, did we do the wrong thing by putting her, you know, starting her early? Yeah. You never know. Yeah. I think for people listening, Mm -hmm. it's probably not the best thing to do. Um, So, you know, you always did what you thought was best at the time mm-hmm. so it wouldn't be hard on yourself you know whenever we make a decision and we make a different decision you just you know support her the best you can mm-hmm. um, and then see how she performs mm-hmm. well thank you so much um for being here for sharing your wisdom please can you let our listeners know where people can find you what books they can buy your podcast just let everyone know where they can see you well, I think for this podcast, Healing ADD is the perfect book. Uh, mm-hmm. My new book, Your Brain is Always Listening, talks about the dragon tamer, which is for my ADD patients. Um, they can find us at amenclinics.com. I have nine clinics around the country. And my wife, uh, Tana, and I do a podcast. We talk a lot about ADD on the podcast. It's called mm-hmm. The Brain Warrior's Way. So go to brainwarriorswaypodcast.com. Thank you so much. And guys, you can find us on Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And we have a clubhouse group, Women on Top. That we do. And don't forget to rate, (laughs) subscribe, and comment, guys. We love you so much. Thank you for being here for now almost two years. I know. Um, I know. Over 100 episodes so far. And you haven't been sick of me. (laughs) And my short attention span. (laughs) Damn it, we're having a blowout. We're having a blowout at that number two. Yes, we're having a blowout. A blowout party with Riddle. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Only if you need it. Only if you need it. Only if you need it. (laughs) Only if you need it. Um, Well, thank you guys so much. We love you. And I am Tamin Sursock. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women on Time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.